welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today I am joined by Dr Nicola Roberts, a senior lecturer in the Department of Nursing and Community Health, to talk about her research into the psychological effects the coronavirus pandemic has had on frontline nursing staff. Nicola, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. No, the pleasure is all mine. I think this is a really important topic and I'm looking forward to chatting to you about it. So I think the best thing to do is start by talking about your research. Can you give me an overview of the study? So um, this study we thought about and planned just at the right at the start of the pandemic and we wanted to explore the experiences that nurses working in respiratory areas and those working, working with respiratory patients had during the start of the pandemic. So we wanted to know their levels of anxiety and depression during that first wave of the pandemic and we sent out an online survey through professional societies and social media and encouraged nurses to participate in study. Mm-hmm. So what we found is that just over a fifth of those surveys experienced moderate to severe or severe symptoms of anxiety and around 17% had similar levels of depression. And we also found out that younger nurses with less experience had higher levels of anxiety and depression and lower levels of resilience. Were you surprised by your findings? I wouldn't say necessarily su- surprised because we know that the pandemic has affected everyone, not just nurses. And we know that NHS staff, including nurses, work in really stressful environments and that this workforce may have had high levels of anxiety and depression. So we thought it might be higher during this pandemic. And we know that from a recent nursing time survey, about 33% um, of, of a survey, so they had three, three and a half thousand people, described that their overall mental health and well-being was bad or very bad during the wow. pandemic. So it wasn't quite really a surprise. Yeah, some, some of the, the results that you, you've touched on there, Nicola, you discovered that one in 10 nurses found it difficult to support their families during this period. The pandemic had affected them both emotionally and financially. Could you, you tell me more about that? So this was a really interesting question that we added into the survey. So we wanted to know whether they had any problems supporting their family so we kind of prompted them and asked them whether it was financial um, heat emotional mm-hmm. and a lot of them came back and said it was emotional problems that they had so just over 11 percent of nurses reported that they had difficulty supporting their households emotionally and financially so the things they were saying was that they felt overwhelmed they were exhausted juggling work and family life and when we asked them about how they were managing to cope with work and home life most of the respondents said that they struggled to give emotional support to their families because of exhaustion So one of the nurses wrote that her tank felt empty and another said it was relentless. Nicola, the study also found that younger nurses had higher levels of anxiety and depression and lower levels of resilience. Why is that the case? Our study found that more older participants were more resilient. So what we mean by resilience is your ability to bounce back in difficult circumstances. Mm -hmm. And this can be affected by a lot of different things. So it's not necessarily just your employment. It can also be your um, family relationships, your personal characteristics in terms of what your own personal resilience will be. So when you think about that and anxiety and depression together, we know that when you're younger and you have less experience, and in this case, nursing experience, that these will be your anxiety and depression may be higher and your resilience will be lower. Again, were you surprised to learn this about younger nurses? No, I don't think so, because I think we all know that from a personal point of view as to how we feel and how resilient we feel the longer we are as we get older and as we get more experience in our careers. Of course, of course. Now, this research was carried out with Southampton and Edgehill Universities. Can you talk to me a wee bit about how the study was carried out between the three institutions? 
this group of nurses and health services researchers came together as a part of networking externally through different organisations and all of us are interested in researching the way that respiratory care is delivered. So what we're doing is this is actually part of a programme of work that we're undertaking to look at nurse experiences during the pandemic. So we have a few other bits and pieces that we're doing around this as well. Okay. Can you tell me about some of those other bits and pieces? At the moment we have a call out to collect some diaries. So we're trying to get respiratory nurses to complete a diary of their experiences during the pandemic. All right, okay. And that's something that we're doing at the moment to try and get some funding to do that. And we also have more work from this project where we're going to look in more detail at the responses the nurses have given with their free text and look at that in much more detail. That, that all sounds very, very interesting. I'll look forward to, to talking to you more about that. But this study was carried out in May and this was in the middle of the first wave of the pandemic. We're now in the midst of a second wave and we're approaching winter. This is the most challenging time of year for the NHS. How do you think nurses will be feeling going into this period, knowing what you know from your uh, research? So our results have shown that during the first wave that nurses working in these areas experienced significant levels of depression and anxiety. So we're currently undertaking a second survey to look and see how nurses working with respiratory patients are coping now as they head towards winter. So this will help us find out what the NHS is doing across the UK and how this cohort of nurses are managing over this time period. So tell me, what can the NHS do to safeguard its nurses and improve their mental well-being? So the NHS needs to continue to provide mental health support for nurses and other staff as we prepare for winter. So in particular, this needs to be done for younger and less experienced nurses. And we also need appropriate organisations, NHS management and professional bodies to implement interventions and programmes to support staff. So we know there's an urgent need to develop evidence-based self-help interventions to improve and support those working on the front line during the COVID pandemic. And the psychological support needs need to be available in multiple formats, which can be tailored to each individual. And longer term, we need to think about resilience training, um, and this should be developed and implemented for future pandemics so that we are organised if this happens again. Yeah, that dovetails very nicely into my next question. What do you think is the best outcome from your research? What do you think the NHS can do with your findings? I think we want to highlight the experiences of nurses working in this area. And it's obviously applicable to a lot of other nurses working in other areas and other healthcare staff. But we know that nurses working in this area have been at the front line of managing the COVID pandemic and, and continuing care for those with respiratory conditions. And I think what the study has highlighted is a higher risk of anxiety and depression in younger, less experienced nurses. And this can be used to tailor support. So we need to get some special materials or flag up these individuals to get more support and get NHS colleagues to support their colleagues as well. Well, let's certainly hope that's the case. Now, we'll talk a bit about yourself, Nicola. How long have you been working at GCU for? So I have been at GCU for just over nine years and working in a nursing department for the first time. So I've learned a huge amount working in a nursing department. Tell me, you've been here. So if you've been here for nine years and you spent one year working in the nursing department, tell me a little bit about your journey at the university. So I think it's, it's, so I started off on a short term contract working as a researcher and then moved into lecturing and now have a senior lecturer role. So it's becoming much more involved in the teaching programmes, learning how they all work, even what the nurses do. So it's been a, a huge learning curve. And what were you doing before working at the university? Why did you choose to pursue a career in academia? So I've worked at a few different universities, but I started off with an interest in respiratory disease um, as part of my undergraduate degree. Okay. So I started off looking more as a lab-based scientist, but this changed. So I looked mostly at lung cells in a microscope, not dealing with real people. So 
I became much more interested in looking at how we could improve the way we deliver care, um, both from a patient side of things as well as from the healthcare professional side as well. So I'm really passionate about getting health professionals involved in research and getting research projects published. And I work with a few different organisations to try and get nurses and other health specialists more involved in research and to actively promote the work that they're doing. Yeah, one of these uh, bodies that you're involved in, you're a member of the Association for Respiratory Nurses. you talk a bit about that? So that is a really nice organisation which is led by nurses, consists of nurses who all work in respiratory areas. So I, am, as part of that role, I am involved in the research and education committee, so predominantly trying to encourage more nurses to do more research and get involved in postgraduate education and different things like that. It's a really, really nice um, organisation, very small team, very friendly, very welcoming. And part of the work that we've done recently with that is the Guardian runs a respiratory health supplement. I think it runs regularly over every year. And this year we wrote something for that around adapting to providing video and telecare during mm -hmm. the pandemic. Yeah, you talked to me a wee bit about that. So that was just really a short article and they have what the supplement has is um, content from different charities, different pharmaceutical companies, different charitable organisations such as ARMS. And so it's a really nice supplement which is available so I can obviously link in the website if that's useful for anyone as well to, to promote that. And it's really a nice introduction to what respiratory is all about. And obviously I want to encourage people to come into this area to do their research as well. Yeah, well, there, there's a, that's a, a bit of a bonus question then. Why should someone choose uh, respiratory uh, nursing or respiratory care as their specialist subject? Respiratory is really important and quite undervalued. When you look at the amount of publicity and funding that other diseases like cancer or heart disease has, respiratory is a bit of the underdog. It's, it's seen as a, an invisible area, so conditions like COPD are seen as an invisible disease. You'll find out now that a lot of people will have undiagnosed respiratory conditions, and especially now with a respiratory pandemic, perhaps now it's getting a little bit more publicity, mm -hmm. but it's one of these areas that has not been that well recognised. But when you think about what nurses are doing in terms of their day-to-day -day working lives, they will deal with an awful lot of respiratory disease. Mm -hmm. So things like asthma or people coming in with COPD into hospital. So there is a lot of respiratory disease out there, but unfortunately, it's not seen as one of the perhaps more sexy conditions or areas of, of work and research. Why do you think that's the case? Why do you think it isn't as um, well known, for want of a better expression, than other illnesses? I'm really not sure. I don't know what it is, but obviously if we can figure that out and we can encourage people to come into this field, that would be fantastic. Well, Nicola, thank you very much for your time today. It was great chatting to you. Fantastic. Thank you very much. I'd also like to thank everyone for tuning into the show and I hope you can join us again soon when we'll be talking with another member of staff from Glasgow Caledonian University. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you're listening to us from. Until then, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been the Common Good Podcast. Music